Hey SBCC Digital Fam, hope you're having a great week so far. We wanted to share with you a liturgy that we did last weekend as we wrapped up our Everyone and Icon series. At the end of each series here, we like to wrap up by doing a liturgy that looks back on the things that we've learned through, the things that have been taught through. And we do that by looking at the central texts and paraphrases of what those teachings encompassed. As always, if you missed one of those teachings, you can jump back in a previous episode of the podcast. These three reflection sections brought through the first three weeks of our Everyone and Icon series encompasses the things that we've learned from Ryan Yazel, one of our pastors here on staff, David Kramer and Dr. Angela Logan and what they had brought to us on their respective weeks. So we ask that you join in with us, you listen, you reflect, and then celebrate and think with us as our community shares their reflections on our time and our weeks together. As always, for these liturgy episodes, you can get a full transcript of song lyrics and readings in the show notes below. The only thing that is not included in that transcript this week is the open floor in which our in-person community shares their thoughts and reflections. Digital fam, we're so glad that you're here. We're so thankful to have you as a part of our community. Let's enter into this time of reflection together. Genesis 1, 26 through 27, and Matthew 5, 43 through 47. God created human beings in his own image. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. The goodness of God is put within us no matter who we are, no matter what we've been through, and no matter what we've done. We believe that this is true about us, about our friends, and even about our enemies. But what difference does it make? Even in the midst of an evil and difficult world, may we be a people that recognizes every single one of us has received the goodness of God, and that every single one of us is worthy of dignity and respect. And, if it's safe and doesn't cause us further harm, would we seek to see the goodness even in those that are standing in the way of the dreams that we dream? You say I love when I can't feel a thing. You say Romans 12. You'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Live in harmony with one another. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If everyone is an icon, that means that the marginalized and oppressed are icons, that means our enemies are icons, and that means that people from other nations are icons. So we ask, 
What does the outworking of that conviction look like in a world full of violence? May we seek to discern what it looks like to assign dignity, respect, and value to everyone amidst an increasingly painful and violent world. May we create a world that empowers instead of degrades, and may we form a world where icons can flourish and be fully who they've been created to be. So when we are faced with personal violence or witness systemic violence, may we not be passive, but may we determine our best course of action from a place rooted in identifying the personhood of both the oppressed and the oppressor. You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. And you say I am held when I am falling short. And when I don't Sixteen, thirteen. Then Jesus replied, I tell you that you are Peter, and I build my church on this rock. The gates of the underworld won't be able to stand against it. Matthew 26, 69-75 A short time later, those standing there came and said to Peter, This man was with Jesus, the man from Nazareth. Then he cursed and swore, I don't know the man. At that very moment, the rooster crowed. Peter remembered Jesus' words. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter went out and cried uncontrollably. And John 21, verse 7. Jesus asked a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was sad that Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He replied, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. How do we treat everyone as an icon, even the face that greets us in the mirror each morning? Are we having Peter moments, forgetting who we are and the dignity of who we were created to be? Whether it's fear or guilt or shame or the voices from the crowd, may we root ourselves in Genesis 1, that we are made in the image of God. May fear not show up in our lives, and may we battle imposter syndrome when it rears its ugly head. May we know that a bad decision doesn't define us and doesn't make us bad people. May we call and be called in, not call and be called out. May we forgive ourselves, may we forgive others, and may we wrap the forgiveness of God around us. When God speaks truth over us and to us, may we embrace it and may we believe it. And may we practice self-care in the moments where we need it most. You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. And you say I am strong when I think I am weak. And you say
everybody. Uh, I'm Ryan. I'm one of the pastors on the team here, and I'm glad to be with you today. I uh, just want to start by continuing some of the processing that Mariah and the team got us let in as we look back over the last three weeks. Again, we've been in a series, Everyone an Icon, where we understand uh, the godness and the goodness that's in every single one of us, no matter who we are, no matter what, what we've done, we are all icons of God. Uh, so that's what we've been talking about in a variety of different ways. The first week, uh, we were talking about what difference does it make, right? Like all of us uh, across society, typically all of us is general, uh, we believe that we should not be jerks to each other, right? We, we believe we should be better, but there specifically needs to be something about our faith, our understanding of everyone in Icon that makes a difference in the world. We looked at the story of Paul in, uh, in the Bible, and we looked at the story of our friend Dirk, and we saw people that even uh, when given the chance to embrace freedom as they were really from jail, uh, that they would not step forward into their freedom if it cost the life uh, of the people that were oppressing them. They needed to make sure they were including other people in the dreams of goodness they dreamed for themselves, and that was one of the implications. Uh, as we look back on that first week, uh, does anybody have any thoughts? We're just going to open open floor. We give uh, chances for short answer. You don't have to agree with what you heard. You could say that I listened to something and it made me angry and I wanted to throw stuff at you. That's totally fine too. I'd prefer you don't get violent about it. Uh, but you can say that. So what stirred in you? What moved you? What uh, provoked you? What thoughts did you have as you were uh, learning through this series? And maybe you didn't catch the original sermon or the podcast or anything, but you just processed it just now as we were reading what stood out to you. Uh, anybody, what stood out to you with this first week on what difference does it make? And how do we include people in our, the dreams of goodness that we dream? Any thoughts? Bonus points to the first brave person. What was that? Challenging and inspiring. Thank you. Any other thoughts? As we move through each of these, feel free to come back to any previous one as well, right? So the second week of the series, uh, we talked with David Kramer, uh, pastor in Keller Park here in South Bend. Uh, and David like, helped us to understand the, the deep, long uh, tradition of nonviolence in the Christian faith tradition. Um, any thoughts that came up through that conversation and understanding of nonviolence in the midst of seeing everyone as an icon? Pause right there. So uh, she said she finds it difficult not to be angry about things that happened and turns that inward sometimes. And I've noticed I am probably my worst enemy. Mm -hmm. Notice that she's a, her own worst enemy at times. And I really don't like that about myself. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I find it easier to love others. Yeah. Than to give myself yeah. grace for they need. Yeah. Finds it easier to love others than to give herself grace. Thank you for sharing. Yes. Anybody else? Yeah. Yeah, relentlessly searching for other options uh, instead of violence. There's other options, but we have to explore. Yeah, good. Anybody else? 
Yeah. Yep. Yep. It struck that um, starting with the little things, like David mentioned, uh, he stopped killing spiders, which is, I'm sure, very popular in his household. Uh, but how do we how do we start with those little things? Yeah. It's good. Anybody else? Uh, so Michael, pr struggling to process, uh, it's good to have these conversations about uh, being peaceful and turning the other cheek, um, but then there becomes moments in life where there's possible existential threats. Um, and so uh, just processing other lines, where are those lines at, how do we process that, how do we deal with all that, uh, because it seems like uh, there's moments that call for more. Is that fair? Thank you. Uh, so it reminds of what we talked about before, that we're not gatekeepers, we're pathfinders, and we're to be walking with people. Keep going. Even, even when we don't agree, even when we necessarily don't agree with them, we can okay. still love them and maybe in a respectful way for ourselves, right? Yeah. We're not going to put ourselves in danger or our families, yeah. of course, yeah. but we can still love them from afar if that is the case. Yeah, we can still love people even when we disagree with them, um, and then even from a distance if it's not safe. Thank you. Uh, the third week, and again, come, feel free to come back to any of these. The third week, uh, Dr. Logan was sharing with us, and she talked about uh, loving ourselves and seeing ourselves as icons, uh, even when, uh, our, as Rita said, like we are our own worst enemies sometimes. Uh, any thoughts on that or any previous question? Difficult, because sometimes you might carry a lifetime shame. Anybody else? Yeah. Everything else in their world, 
Yeah. So she's talking about um, uh, a desire to like read other people's body language and trying to like just out of getting along with other people and, and being perceived well by other people. Um, but at the same time, you can't uh, let that get to you and uh, let that let that shape and frustrate you. And assume positive intent. That's right. Thank you. So um, when I was a young mom in the evangelical church, I had this idea that if I raised my children the correct way, they would turn out the correct way, and it was almost like um, that's how you show that you're a good mom, if your kids turn out a certain way. Yep. So as a, as a mom in the evangelical church, uh, had a belief that if you raise your kids a certain way, they will turn out a certain way, and that was just kind of the, the underlying promise and premise there. As a mom of adult children, though. <laughs> don't believe the things that I raised them to believe or yeah. the things that I know might not even believe mm-hmm. anymore. Um, I know from my own experience that my kids are precious to me no matter what choices they make, whether mm. I agree with them or I don't agree with them. They're just my kid, and that's the bottom line. Yeah. And applying that experience mm-hmm. to my idea of God as a parent mm-hmm. Yeah. In my own, like, my kid is my kid, bottom line. Right. I'm God's kid, bottom line. Yeah. So Michelle's saying that her experience of parenting adult kids who, though they uh, may differ in, uh, from the way they were raised, uh, you still love them because your kid is your kid, bottom line. And then taking that understanding of love and uh, applying that to God and God's love for us. Yeah. Thank you. One more. Mm. Honesty, acceptance, and courage, three words that stood out from Angela's talk. Yeah, and I think all of those are helpful sort of antidotes to sort of feelings of shame mm. or sort of self-blame. Yeah. So it was really wonderful to see this kind of performance of honesty, acceptance, and courage. Yeah. Um, and, and I thought that it was particularly helpful in terms of moments when we might feel like we're toxic or we're not good enough and global senses of shame. Mm. Yeah, Angela's message was a, a great uh, response to the feelings of, of shame and guilt and all the things that can come into us. Uh, and, and the way you taught that and lived that out uh, has been helpful. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Um, we'll continue on. If you have more thoughts, I would love to like, catch your thoughts afterwards because this is all helpful to us, um, even just as we find out where you guys are at and, and just uh, honestly like decide where we're going and what we need to keep talking about. So thank you so much for your bravery and sharing.